Hi class, welcome to the week nine. Uh, before we start the chapter nine, well, I'd like to make a few announcements. Um, regarding of the Padlet and Flipgrid, I will be posting them. And you have uh, one, two weeks to answer them. You choose the first week to, choose, to answer the Padlet or the Flipgrid, doesn't matter. But it is a two weeks uh, subject. So uh, you can answer both of them in the first week or answer both of them in the next, second week or answer one in one week and then another next week. So it's up to you how you do it. Regardless of your assignment, I've already, uh, group assignment, I've already submitted, uh, submitted your marks. Anybody who got a low mark, uh, please uh, contact me if they think they got a really low mark. And the reason um, people who got a really low mark is the ones who I don't have a record of them. So they might be not send, did not send me the assignment or their name was not mentioned in the group assignment. So this is the reason they got a really low mark is just an alarming, which is I can change it if he can approve or she can approve that really uh, I, there was a reason for it. Well, thank you. Let's start with the chapter nine and um, I look forward for your feedbacks. Okay. So we are in the part three, which is in the uh, uh, chapter nine, a training uh, and onboarding. We're not gonna talk that much about the onboarding, the new employees. We will be talking more about the training itself, which is applicable also mostly to the onboarding. So, uh, In this chapter, uh, basically, uh, will help a manager will answer, why should a firm expect to expand their training outlays and their menu of choice for employees at all levels? Why they have to provide training, basically. What kind of evidence is necessary to justify the investment in the training. So if I wanna train my employees, what kind of, you know, why should I train them? What kind of evidence I should look for them? Uh, what are the key that should be addressed in the design, conduct and evaluation of any training programs? Now any company that you go, now they have a, a department or individual in charge of the training. So what kind of thing they need to design, conduct, and do their, how they do their evaluation? Why should we invest time and money in onboarding and new employees? As we said, is there a payoff? As we said, it is the same applicable for a regular training most of the time, some part of it, I'm sorry. How should the onboard process be managed maximum positive? Now, what's a training? 
Training consists of the planned program designed to improve the performance at the individual group and or organization level. So you provide training for individual, maybe you need to improve the, that individual or, you, or for the group and you need to improve this group and so all will probably affect the organization level. Training uh, issues can be addressed from the following perspective, can be addressed at the macro level, the whole idea, and on the individual, which is the micro level. Now, there is a training trend. Training trends, there is a growing demand for personal and professional development. When you join a company, you are also seeking uh, the personal professional development. Effects of a digital technology on work. So there is a growth in the technology. So you have to provide individual, your employees to how to utilize this technology. Structural change in labor market. These days, your market is changing. The labor itself also is changing. They could be more educated, less educated. They could be from different countries. They, you know, they could be from different backgrounds. Increased training opportunity for non-standard workers. These days, you have uh, uh, people who comes in and sign for one year, three months, you know, contract or two years contract, or for some case scenario, you need to also provide them some basic training about the company. Training as important aspect of an employer brand. So a company that does not provide training, usually they don't look up to them. And teams in the workplace. So reason that, you know, uh, training uh, usually provided because you want to create teams in the workplace. Not everybody is who comes, stays, it uh, has a different mentalities regard of the work. The impact of the training on an individual, we said on the micro level and macro level. The impact on the training on individual, on teams and in organization and on society. Well, it has an overall positive effect on job related behavior or on performance. So if you're training somebody, probably they would behave better or they might be able to perform better. It also can improve the technical skill of the employees, can improve the strategic knowledge, information about how to approach business, and helps maintain a consistency in the performance when practice regularly. So that when you have a, a well, a well-trained person, you will be performing on a certain level. It's not going to go down and up and down and up. So it's, you need to, and also enable the e-commerce to at the organizational level and improve the quality of the labor force at the societal level. So it has, a, you know, impact on individual, on team, on the organization, and on the whole society. It also 
management development program shows a positive effect on people, on your employees. It's, a, it's also you need to do some across cultural training to improve expatriate adjustment and performance. So if you have foreigners or you have a local, you need to do some training to make them understand what the others are thinking or how to approach the, uh, how they are approaching issues. There is a leadership training seems to enhance the attitude and the performance of the followers. So the more you teach them on a leadership training, you under, they first of all, they will understand what, why the leader is making such a decision. On second hand, they're also in their field might be there. They are the leaders of enhance their performance of their followers. Training in a team communication and team effectiveness has a positive effect on team performance. So if you notice, I emphasize a lot on a work, a group work, a group, which is a teamwork, which is help you in the team communication, team effectiveness, and better performance. So this can be a good skill you can gain to utilize it outside uh, when you go to the real work. The characteristics of effective uh, uh, training practice. What kind of the training practice can be very effective? First of all, top management should be is committed to training and development. Training is a part of cor corporate culture. So the management has to believe in the training. They don't deliver just training because they say we deliver in the training. And training should be tied to business strategy and objective as is linked to the bottom line result. So you just don't do, as a management, don't do a training just for a training, should be connected to better performance. And this performance means the business strategy that you are building as a top manager. Organizational environment are feedback rich. Stress continue improvement. You need to promote risk taking, offer one to one coaching, and afford opportunity to learn from the success and failure of decision. This is the environment for the training you provide. If your organization promotes this training, there is a commitment to invest the necessary resource to provide sufficient time and money for training. This environment, you can feel it in some organization are willing to do that. Now, the training paradox. Increasing an individual employabilities outside the company simultaneously increases or his job security and desire to stay with the current employer. So the more you provide him a training, the more he is fit for other jobs outside the company. But in the same time, when he sees this training is giving to him, he is more connected to that company who is giving that training. So if an employee take advantage, uh, charge of his or her own employability by keeping his or her skill update and valid, he or she also build more security with the current employer at the same time. So in a company, you need to promote the training and employabilities. Now, relating training to competitive strategies. 
competitive strategies is in the field of decision process choice that organization make to position themselves for sustainable success so a company wants to be sustainable success wants to be succeeding wants to get more success it it fits in the depends on the type of decision the process and the choice that organization make so there's our strategy the decision process and the choice organization make about managing the people in the hr it's in general the company have to make decision process and choices but in the hr which is related to the general of the company also they have to make decision process and organizational organization makes about people managing the people so the training is an important aspect of hr strategy how i'm going to build these people to deliver these tasks or deliver it better or be better in society and the key objective of any training program is to tie the workplace training to the strategy of business as we said when a company wants to make a decision to be better in something or to promote themselves or expand in something one of the part is the hr department need to provide people are able to deliver these these goals so they need to provide the training if they're missing the gap uh, and get these people up to the standard where they can really deliver these trainings now <clears throat> how we know if we are delivering training is effective the characteristic of the individual as well as the work environment are influ important influence before during and after training in other words we need to do a benchmarking before during and after the training what's happened to this individual is making making not make this company to get closer to their strategic goal so we need to look at the affect the motivation to participate before the training whether they are really motivated to join the training affect learning during the training are they motivated while they're getting learn uh, learning and getting to process of learning influence the transfer of learning and skilling from the training situation to the job is this whatever are we going to teach them or to train them is going to affect their job situation after the learning and competency management which is i will talk to it uh, uh, separately but the whole goal is like even with these courses i have always in my mind when these students graduate and go and get a job are they able to implement uh, whatever they are see utilizing in the in the in the in the job situation in their real life in the competency management application, it's been um, done for over 20 years, which, which is the first ones who were doing it was IBM uh, HR access. And there is a saying that people should deliver uh, after they become competent to deliver. And competent, they divide, they put something training courses. Now, what they do in the competency management, they say competency management for 
individual, this uh, individual by name or by race or whatever, there is a competency management for whomever is gonna reach to this position. And there is a competency management for somebody who is a lower position, but wants to reach to that position. So um, once sometimes you need to have certain race or certain language or certain to reach to a competency. So you take that person and you give him the, you find the gap and you give him that training courses to reach that level. Once, no, you have a group of people and one of them wants to be promoted and he's showing that. So you take him and you start training him to reach to the level of management. And once is differently, you just want to um, uh, see pick the most qualified person to, to get to that position and see what's the gap and you give him that training. So these are three type of competency management applications. It's complicated a little bit, I know. Now, in general system model of the training and development process, uh, there is three levels. There is an assessment phase, there is training and development phase, and there is the evaluation phase. So you always, you need the reinforcement to see whether it's been doing, you're doing something right. In the assessment phase, you assess the instructional need, what it's needed to deliver the, uh, such a services, what kind of a competency, or uh, skills needed. Then from that, you drive the objectives. Once you drive the objectives and you find out which courses, then you go to the training and development phase, which is you selecting the training media and learning principle. What's the, what, where media is needed to be delivered online, hands-on, uh, outside life. Uh, and then you, also, uh, you put the learning principle and you evaluate the tr transfer, whether this media, which is could be hands-on or could be online, is it good or not? Once you're done with that, then from the objective, uh, drive, uh, drive objective, you develop the criteria in the evaluation phase. And then you pre-test the training, trainees, you monitor the training. Once you monitor the, you evaluate also the training, what you give the feedback to the trainees and you evaluate the transfer, whether they, you can test them or you see how they perform. And from all these things, you get your feedback to assess the instructional needs again. So there's a three process. So the first process, assessment, planning, and phase serve, uh, serves as a fundamental for the entire training effort, which is assessment, training, assessment, training, and evaluations. The purpose for that is to define what the employee should learn in a relation to desired jobs behavior, whether you want him to perform better, become more effective or more efficient, or you want him to be better with his own people uh, in his community or at work because it will be representing you outside also. So the training and development phase and the evaluation phase depend on the input from the assessment. After you do the assessment, 
you get the input from it and you get the feedback and that you can see whether it's been affected by it. Now the assessment could be written or you can see how they are performing by benchmarking their earlier behavior during uh, earlier activities and later on. So evaluation must be provided on as continuous stream of feedback that can be used to reassess the training. Involves establishing indicators. We said always that you have some indicators, whether you write up indicators, whether it's a performance indicators, whether behavior indicator, you should have some indicator to, to evaluate them. Level of analysis. When you're assessing training needs, you do um, a level of analysis. You can do it, as we said, on the organizational analysis. So as an organization, look what the people is needed to perform certain jobs or to meet their goals. You can look at it at the demographic analysis, could be you know, different race background or age differences. You need to get them close, more cooperative, or could be an operational analysis. You feel that some, at some stages, these people are less effective than the other stages, so you need to provide them more. Or in the individual analysis, which is on certain person, that it needs to, uh, you know, uh, behave. It's another way of talking about the subject that we did a few slides ago, competency analysis and competency application, which is all these results in the competency management. Now, individual development plan or IDPs, provide usually a blueprint for self-development and should include the following. So statement and aims, definition and idea about priority. So it is, it, it is, uh, it set up the goals, explain how to reach to the goal, definitions and how you prioritize these training. And also helps in identification of individual needs when they combined with a behavior-based performance management system. Once again, they are touching on competency management uh, and uh, competency. Are this person competent to deliver these tasks or competent to deal to all these things? Now, there is a principle to enhance learning and depend on the situation, which is we will be explaining later on when it comes to what a factual material. But principle that enhance learning is in a skill learning. You set up goal setting, you do this goal setting, and you do a behavior modeling, how they're supposed to behave after the training, before and after the training. And then you see the practice, and then you get the feedback. While learning factual material, the order changes to same thing you do, the same goal setting, but here what you do, you do a meaningfulness of materials. And then you look at the practice in the feedback. The tend to increase behavior modeling. It's tend to increase when? So when, when we want to increase the behavior modeling, which is somebody looks up to someone and start doing the same thing. 
it's when the model is rewarded for the behavior. So if this guy works hard and you looked at him and he worked hard and started making more money, that's kind of a rewarded for behavior, whether he's promoted or something. Rewards are things that imitator would like to have. So I would like to behave in a certain way because I saw somebody who behaved in that way and got promoted. So I want to do the same thing because I want to be promoted, for example, or getting better salaries or getting my job secure. The way to maximize a trainee's identification with a model, model should be similar to the observer in age, gender, and race. So if you're an, a young person, you should not look in at an old person getting promoted. Maybe he is um, done something way before you came to the job, and that's what made him getting promoted. Or if you're an old person, you should not look at the young guy who works really, really hard. You should be looking at the, somebody with your age. Maybe the, he looks works smarter, so you need. So it is is an age, gender, and race. Behaviors to be modeled should be portrayed clearly in and in detail. So they have to see the details, how this person is doing in order to reach to that goal and what kind of reward he's getting. Behavior to be modeled should be ranked in a sequence from the least, uh, from least the most difficult uh, and behavior should be repeated. Like it goes to the simple, then more difficult, more difficult, and the most difficult one. You should not showing the guy is jumping six meters uh, and you're just bringing a, a beginner. Maybe you show a guy who can jump one meter, so you he thinks that he can do it. So you start with the one meter, then you bring a guy who can jump two meters, so you can do that also. So the several models should portray the behaviors. Now back to the meaningfulness of the materials. The structure materials to maximize its meaningfulness. When the mat this material becomes meaningfulness, with you know, because you don't pay attention if it's meaningless. It should be provided trainees with an overview of the material to be presented during the training. So when I'm presenting the training, I have to give them an overview. What this material will take you to? What's the benefit of this? Why it's necessary for your everyday life or work or something like that? Second, present the material by using example terms and concept are familiar to the training. Sometimes I bring an example like, uh, competency management in the IBM, uh, HR access, it's applicable for companies how to provide the training, for example. So it's important that you um, attach it to some real fact. And then you teach the simpler skills, as we said, before the complex one. So he can jump one meter, but then you can later on, you can tell him he can flip and jump one meter and then he can flip and jump two meters, something like that. So you don't start from the hardest one, start from the simpler to the more complex one. Now, aspect of the practice, you need to be, it needs to be active practice. So it could be hands-on, written-on, it's active. Do make sure it's not over-learning 
too much materials for the person would be screening out. And you need to look at the length of this practice session. So you cannot have a whole day training, hoping that this person is supposed to be divided in five days. You, you just push it on one day or it's supposed to be one day, you push it in five days. So the length of the practice session is important. Now the length of practice session cannot be the two extremists. So the research evidence indicate that the learning is better when the practice is distributed rather mass. So you cannot just shove everything right away to the person and hoping that he will understand. So this, you need distributed practice implies the rest interval between the session, give a break or have him do something else and come back. And in there, that's called distributed practice. The mass practice is a practice session or crowded together. You do, you teach them on everything uh, without any breaks. That's what you call a mass practice. Now, when it comes to the feedback, the, it's important that uh, uh, you get the feedback because you need to set up whether you are going to the right direction, how quick you are going, or you are really not getting any influence. And a feedback form of the information about one's attempts to improve, as we said, if he's doing so, if he's moving to the right and uh, getting better. Essential for learning and for training motivation. And need not always be to be positive, could be feedback negative, which can help to fix it. And should provide as soon as possible after the training demonstrated good performance. So as soon as possible, the HR should be notifying whether he's collecting you know, uh, forms, of the feedback or watching people, whether they're performing better or behaving better. Now, when it comes to the transfer of training, extent to which competency learned in the training can be applied to the job. So we want to know whether we have trained the people and this training is applicable to this job. Action learning. An excellent vehicle for facilitating position transfer from the learning to doing. So you just, when you're applying an application, say for example, and you're showing the people how to use it, you need to put them on the stage where they can use it. So this is what you call action learning. Participant learn through the experience and application of it. Now, when we are usually trying to train, we might train as an individual or could be training a team. A group of individuals who working together with a shared responsibility toward a, a common goal. If it's a group is in charge, for example, to do one assignment, as you guys do now, they need to be whole getting uh, into these characteristic effective characteristics. First of all, they have to do a cooperation with each other teach them how to do the cooperation on that, for example, task. They need to do uh, coordination, divide the job and task, communicate with each other, do a cognition, understand what it's needed and what's supposed to produce, how the others is working, how you fit with the other people. You might need to do some coaching to others. 
conflict, conflict resolving, and the conditionings or conditions, which is the situation might adjust your cooperation, your coordination, your communication, or whatever. Now, steps in the team training. First of all, you need to conduct a team training needs analysis. Is this team producing up to the standard or not? Do they need a training? Is it some individual or all of them? Develop a training objective that standard both task work and teamwork skills. As we said, there is two things that you need. They might be all of them uh, you know, highly skilled, but they're not working very well together. Sometimes, and you've probably noticed, um, and probably in football, in basketball, a team made of a very highly skilled individual employees, uh, employee players, but they don't score, they don't win. And the reason, they're not working as a team. And sometimes they are, all of them, regular skills, but they win the cup because they work as a team. So having a high task only, it's not enough and having a team work is not enough. They should have all of them good skill enough and they work as a team. So designing exercise and training event can include the team coordination training, how they can coordinate with each other, cross training, how they can train each other and guide team self correction and they can correct each others. So you are in a process of doing each stage and I appreciate your hard work as a work, as a team. Design measures of the team effectiveness, then evaluate the effectiveness of the team training and use this information to guide the training, future guide the training. So if you always need to, whether individual or group or organ, you always need this effect, uh, uh, feedbacks. So there is so many training methods. How are we gonna select the useful one, the training method useful one? A training method should motivate the trainee to improve his or her performance. A good training method. It should be clearly illustrate the desired skills, shows what the skills you, he's gonna gain. Allow the trainee to practice actively provide an opportunity to practice, whether you uh, provide the timely feedback on the training performance, whether they are doing the right thing, better performance, or going to that direction of better, how fast they are, provide some means of reinforcement while the trainee learns. Um, maybe you give him uh, extra payment, give him a, a break, make sure that training happening somewhere, relaxing, a trip or something. Be structured from a simple to complex, start from a simple to complex task. Be adaptable to specific problem. Maybe somebody is cannot hear well or cannot see well. You might need to be adjust the training environment. Encourage a positive transfer from a training to the job and make sure that whatever is training, transferring in the job, to transfer it in the job, he has to be reinforced positively. 
Now, question to ask to evaluate the training, the value of the training. You want to need to get these answers uh, and create a benchmark and see whether they've been improved or got better or they're seeming a level or got worse. So these are questions that you need to look at. It. Have the trainees achieve a specific level of a skill you want to see or knowledge or performance? Did change occur before the training and after the training? Is the change due to the training or they just change for some other reason? Is the change positively related to the achievement of the organization goal? Whatever is being trained on it, it's going to help the organization goals to reach. Will similar changes occur with the new, if you bring in a new participant to do the same training, is this going to happen to them the same thing or not? So these are the questions that usually you need to answer in order to evaluate and to get the feedback to see whether your training courses is going to the right direction. There is something you need to know, Paul principle. Over time, people become uneducated and therefore incompetent to perform at all at level to the, the ones performed adequately. Training is an important uh, antidote to obsoleteness. This is the principle why I'm providing training, because within the time, people becomes not uneducated, they stay, they stick behind, they are becomes behind, which is, if you compare them to that time, they become uneducated. So they become incompetent and they cannot perform. So you need to keep training them as the outside environment changing, your company wants to be competitive, so you need to, the people keep changing, meeting the outside environment to be more competitive. So the key terms is you need uh, training, what's this? Stackable credentials, degrees, all of these things. We talked about uh, paradox, uh, Stackable credential, just like the, what we said about the competency management when we how to evaluate them. We spoke about that paradox, training to the product, assessment phase, training and development phase, evaluation, organizational analysis, demography, uh, operation analysis, individual analysis, and the feedback and the practice mass practice, uh, these information. So how we do the transfer of training, action of training, team, team building, team coordination training, cross training if there is, uh, guided team self-correction uh, and orientation, socializing, and the last we spoke about the Paul principles. So, I hope by now we finish the chapter nine, and I hope you once you get the, the, the new Padlet or the Flipgrid ready, you will see the announcement telling you go to the Padlet or Flipgrid and answer your questions. And once again, anybody who got a very low mark, like one or two, is these ones who usually I don't have a record of them.
Thank you very much and have a nice day. Bye.